I want to know when exactly we lost the ability to have civil conversations. Because I really can't remember the last time that Facebook felt civil or people felt free to say what they believed and not worry about being judged or pegged for holding a particular belief. Or when people actually listened to each other and heard what someone else was saying if their view was different. We have spiraled into a place where angry monologues are the norm, where people who actually have something valuable to contribute are holding their tongue out of fear of being judged or being attacked, and we are truly failing to distinguish between fact and opinion, and we are doing real damage. Now you might be thinking, yeah, Kim, I know this. I watch the news. I'm well aware of what is happening in our politics and out in the world. But guess what, guys? It's happening right in front of you every day on your computer screen when you log on to Facebook. And that's what I want to talk about today. One of the places that you are going for connection in a time when we are decidedly disconnected due to the pandemic and the fact that we are having to socially distance is in all likelihood, making you feel more isolated and more disconnected than you possibly realize. So today, we're going to talk about the ways that Facebook in particular, but social media in general, is adding insult to injury. So we're going to start with what Facebook is supposed to be doing for us or what we we think it's doing for us. Then we're going to talk about what is actually happening right now. And we're going to finish by looking at the results. So let's jump in. Now, I will be the first to admit that getting off of Facebook was not easy for me because I had a belief that Facebook was making me more connected. In my mind, having all these Facebook friends and this ability to see what everybody is doing and to log on and and scroll and like was connection at a time when we're socially distant. Uh, It also helped me feel relevant. So when I could post my offerings or talk about the classes that I was doing or specifically what was happening in the classes that I teach, it made me feel as if I was contributing in some way to the causes and to the ideas that I hold dear. When I ask people, you know, what do you love about Facebook? What do you love about social media? The first thing they say is connection. It makes them feel as if they are connected to their friends and to the world and to people and that feels good. But here's the real question. Does it make you feel good? Does it make you feel happy and energized when you get off of Facebook? Or are you drained and exhausted and actually feeling worse about yourself than you were before you got on? A lot of parents will comment about the negative effects of social media in their lives of their kids. And they'll say, you know, it makes them feel bad. It makes them feel depressed. They seem obsessed with what's happening. But It's kind of interesting that we fail to see the same things are happening to us as we spend infinite amounts of time scrolling and liking and then trying to see who liked our stuff and whether it was the same amount as somebody else's likes and so on. And the paying attention to the number of likes is actually a real thing. I will never forget as long as I live learning that a student I loved stopped coming to my classes because I apparently didn't like enough of her posts on Facebook. The attention we give or receive on Facebook simply cannot be the measure of how we actually feel about each other. If Facebook is supposed to connect us, that's one thing. 
but it has become a place where people go to determine their worth and to see if they're receiving attention or feedback based on what they're posting. And this is hugely problematic because not only can you never ever give other people the power to determine your value, as a practical matter, people use social media and Facebook in completely different ways. And the algorithms are constantly changing. So honestly, you don't know who friggin sees what. This is not real meaningful communication or connection. Which brings me to the next point. Facebook is more and more an echo chamber. And what I mean by this is that people will post things that reflect their perspective. They'll defend it by saying, this is my wall and no other perspectives are welcome. And then typically the only people who are invited to comment or post are people who agree. There is no room for thoughtful conversation or dissent. If someone dares to point out an error in reasoning or a flaw in logic, or even that the source itself or the entire argument is perhaps untrue, they subject themselves to ridicule and to all kinds of vitriol that um, pretty much everyone has seen at some point on, on Facebook. And usually it ends with someone saying, you know, get the fuck off my wall. This is my wall. The problem here is that while people who agree with each other can find solace in that space of, you know, we're on the same team, we all agree this with the same thoughts, we all agree with the same thing, yay us, it is increasing the disconnection with others. So yeah, you're part of an in-group while you're agreeing with the people who agree with you, but by not opening yourself to have a discussion and hear another perspective or to challenge the veracity of what it is you're saying is truth, you're simply strengthening your own opinion by repeating yourself. This increases divisiveness, not connection. Now to be fair, Facebook isn't really designed to facilitate meaningful conversations. And I think more than anything, this is really what was the clincher for me in deciding to leave the platform. When you're communicating only in writing from behind a keyboard and behind a computer, a lot of times we are much braver than we would be if we were having a conversation face to face. In addition, we don't have any of the nonverbal cues that will let us know what someone's true intention is, to hear the tone of someone's voice, to see the look in their eye, to see them smile or laugh. We only have the words. Add to that the fact that a lot of your Facebook friends are not even people that you know. I know that I had friends on Facebook I've never met, and I'm not even sure how they became my Facebook friends. So you don't have the knowledge of the person to attribute their personality or what you would know about them if you weren't just interpreting words. So really, it is the perfect storm for massive amounts of miscommunication. You have a very impersonal medium, which is a typewriter, keyboard. My God, I just dated myself with that. And, you know, a computer and thousands of miles potentially between you. You're talking to someone you don't really know, and when you are talking about things that are highly inflammatory or personal, with no real rules of engagement, it's going to get bad. And we're in this phase where the angry monologue has become mainstream. So people just spit stuff out there with really no thought about whether it has been verified, whether it's authentic, whether it is fact or opinion, and 
then resist any kind of challenge or thoughtful response to that, particularly if they weren't putting it out there with that intention to begin with. So Facebook isn't really the place to be having these meaningful conversations. And one of the reasons I stayed on for as long as I did is because I was kidding myself into thinking I could actually make a difference by trying to have conversations and engage people who viewed things differently than I did. What I found more often than not was when I attempted to engage someone with a different view, I was told, this is my page, get the hell off. And look, I'm a big girl, no problem, that's fine. It is, it is your page and you have every right to post what you like, say what you like and control it. But that's kind of the point, right? It's not connecting us. People are not looking to connect and to understand and to have these meaningful conversations. People are looking to have what they already believe, what they already think affirmed, either to make themselves feel better, to make themselves feel seen, feel valuable and important, or to have their views confirmed so that they can dig in even further. And neither of those things are benefiting us in the ways that we communicate with each other. You take all of this together and put it in a box. And the bottom line is, I really don't think Facebook is making us feel connected and positive and happy right now. So is it all bad? No, of course not. I'm not going to say that. But I do think it's worth taking a look at how you're using it, what your expectations are around it, and whether it is truly enriching your life in meaningful ways. I always told my kids that it's so much better to have a very, very small group of people who really love you, who have your back, who care about you, and who are true friends than a really, really large group of acquaintances. And I feel like right now, this is true more than ever. In its purest form, I think Facebook had a really cool concept, but for me anyway, it just became way too chaotic and way too distorted. I am finding great value in having real conversations face-to-face, whether via Zoom, on the phone, FaceTime, Skype, or even just by email. All of this feels personal and connected. I would encourage you, whether you stay on Facebook and other social media platforms or not, that you seek out more of the personal one-on-one interactions and challenge yourself to listen to other perspectives. This is how we grow, this is how we connect, and this is how we learn from and about each other. It's really the only way forward. This is Kim Balorchi, and you've been listening to Boldly Stated.